At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. This is the Chicago City Cast with Danny Burke, presented by Bet Rivers. What's happening, people? Welcome to it. It is time for another edition of the Chicago City Cast, presented by Bet Rivers. Danny Burke, your host here, as always. Remember, you can follow along on the tweets at Danny Burke 5. You can also get a hold of my other show, Rush Hour, Monday through Friday, 5 to 6 p.m. Central Time, live out of the Bet Rivers Sportsbook. If you can't make it down, make sure you check it out at vsin.com. That's V-S-I-N.com, along with the Marquee Sports Network or Fubo TV, as well as Sling TV, YouTube TV, the Xfinity app, iHeartRadio. So wherever you get your podcasts available, you've got Rush Hour available. How'd you make out last night? The Home Run Derby didn't seem as exciting as it has been in years past. Am I wrong? Or am I just bitter because of what I saw out of Kyle Schwarber? Schwarber is one of my favorite players of all time. So this is a really tough thing to be mad about because I love my guy Schwarbs, And we all do here in Chicago. But, I mean, what the hell was that? It had to have been rigged, right? Based on nostalgia, the reason Pujols was in it in the first place. How does Schwarber do? I mean, he's just hitting grounders, liners. He look, like That would have been if, no, I'm not even going to say if I was up there, of course. But, like... If I was in an adjusted ballpark and then I tried to swing and then I got tired after the first seven, that's what it would have looked like. I mean, not only was it just like, Schwarber, dude, what are you doing? Somehow his balls weren't even going that deep and carrying. And most importantly, how about his pitcher? 
Hey, Bozo, throw the damn ball. You got a number to chase. What are you doing? He's taking his time. Same with Corey Seager's dad, by the way. Absolute liability out there. I get it's a cool, fun thing. But, brother, we got some money on the line here. Now, I get it. I mean, it's a fun thing. And if you're betting it, you got to realize that. But, my goodness, the Schwarber debacle, was it rigged? I mean, not only did it look like they just kind of intentionally threw it, but... Then StatCast for ESPN allegedly miscounted. And you know what? I was saying the same thing when I was watching. Because Carl Ravage, right? He was calling it. He's like, oh, 18, 19 needs one more. And then the other guy was just like, yeah, yeah maybe he's advancing to Pujols. And he hit it. And I thought he tied it. And then all of a sudden, it's like, not going to be enough. What? What? What are you talking about? He had 19. And then he hit the last one based on your commentary. And then it was supposed to be 20. So I don't know what the hell's happening with that. That's a bummer. I mean, I don't see anybody refunding anyone based on that, but I get that there's just a controversy happening right now, and I'm trying to see on Twitter if there's anything new with it. But, yeah, I mean, again, you know, this Twitter account, Crossing Broad, said Kyle Schwarber, it's 20 in overtime, but ESPN forgets to count home run number 18. That's right. I literally saw, based on what was happening, it seemed like, and what they were saying, that that should have been a tie because I saw him hit. I was like, all right, here we go, another one. And then, no, he had 19. What? That would have been the sudden dead tiebreaker between them. He was the second most popular bet to win the home run derby in a lot of sports books. And some, I'm sure he was number one. And then, of course, you have the controversy of the pitch not being released before... You know, the buzzer went off and it counted anyways when they're throwing it before it lands. Didn't they switch that, I thought, to where you could just throw it as many times as possible? I don't know what's happening, but the rules need to clearly be adjusted. It has to be. I mean, man. It just, it clearly is going to be an issue every single year. So yeah, when they were talking about in the finals between Juan Soto and Julio Rodriguez... Because I, I had a softball game at this point, so I didn't really see it. I was just kind of trying to keep updated with the final. But uh, Soto got the 14th home run despite the pitch being thrown after the clock had already expired. I don't know, man. I mean, clearly you got to do something different. So there's not as much controversy, it seems like, every other year. Whatever. It's the home run derby. I get it. But, hey, people are still ticked about it. And rightfully so. If you're betting on it, you can be mad about it. I get it. But... Not the best night for us. Again, uh, we had Corey Seager as a long shot to win in the first round, and then Julio Rodriguez pitched, picked the best pitcher of all time and also had one of the best first rounds of all time. Seager had a good round. He just got matched up poorly. <laughs> and then, um, yeah, so uh, we missed out on that. Schwarber obviously killed us. And then we had Juan Soto. He went over his 32.5, and, and then... You know, I did tell you here, I mean, it took a little bit of plus 650, and I ended up live betting him because I was just pissed about Schroeder. I was like, screw it, I'm, I'm going on Soto, and I got him at like plus 130. So, you know, and I kind of made some of the money back, and uh, yeah, it is what it is. But, man, that Schwarber nonsense, they're throwing it so Puos could go on to the second round. I, look, I get why it's fun to see a guy like that in this competition. And no, I'm not a salty Cubs fan about it. Although that does make it worse that Schwarber lost to a Cardinals guy, and that being Albert Pujols, who tormented us for so many years. 
But did you even, I mean, everybody's going nuts for him. And again, I get it. But like, you really want to see Pulos take another minute to hit multiple home runs like he did in the first round? No excuses. Schwarber's got to beat him. I get it. I'm just saying, I like, even if I didn't bet Schwarber and he wasn't my guy, like, do we really want to see Pulos barely get into double digits again? No, I didn't. Whatever. It's in the past. It happened. Something with the format maybe has to change. Uh, we'll see if anything comes about that Schwarber controversy as well. That was annoying because I did think that in the moment, but I was already so pissed that I just moved on at that point, was ready to live bet Juan Soto, and then I saw everybody tweeting about it. So, yeah, I don't know, man. All over the place. But good for Juan Soto. Uh, yeah, he came in with that chip on his shoulder, like we said, came through, had some good some good matchups, right? He had a favorable spot against Pujols. And at that point, Rodriguez was probably already gassed from having to go against Seager and then Alonzo. So, uh, yeah, that's just the way it goes sometimes. But hopefully you were able to make some money off it and were able to enjoy it a little bit more so than uh, a Schwarber backers did. Again, it was an obligatory bet on Schwarber. Always got to support my guy. But that was that was kind of suspect. That it was. But what about the All-Star game tonight? Is this something you can get involved in? The American League, they're 8-0. In the last eight All-Star games. Last year, 5-2. 2019, 4-3. 2018, 8-6. 2017, 2-1. 2016, 42-2. 4-2, pardon me. 2015, 6-3. 2014, 5-3. 2013, 3-0. Is how far it goes. Maybe even better than that. But wow. Terrible stretch here from the National League. Plus, uh, for a trend, the under is 12-3 in the last 15 MLB All-Star games. National League is going to be missing some guys. Corbin Burns, Max Freed, Carlos Rodon, Bryce Harper, Jazz Chisholm, Nolan Arenado. Yet the National League opened up as a small favorite, minus 115. American League, minus 105. Total opened at 8. Any interest in betting this? Bet Rivers right now. The American League is even money. National League minus 115. Run line for the American League plus 163. If you want to take the run in the hook with the NL, it's minus 205. If you want to do the minus one and a half with the National League, it's plus 185. Yeah, I don't think I'm going to be betting a side here, but how do you not bet the American League if you're doing it? Total, by the way, seven and a half, but you can always adjust it at Bet Rivers with the little slider option. And if you want to do under eight, because that's how I would do it at least, uh, minus 127 is the juice. First five at Bet Rivers, the total's three and a half, unders plus 108. Yeah, I think I'd only bet that if it was at four. I think a lot of book a lot of books do have it at four, so make sure you shop around. But overall. MLB All-Star Game History, American League 46, National League 43, despite the recent run. Any interest for All-Star Game MVP? Now, in other All-Star Games, well, primarily the NBA All-Star Game, you have an idea of who you can circle out. It's a little bit easier to control if you're playing as opposed to baseball. Because baseball is an incredibly hard sport, and you can't really predict who's going to be getting a lot of hits and an opportunity to hit. And who actually is going to capitalize on it. Whereas with the NBA All-Star Game, well, you know, Russell Westbrook's always going to try his hardest if he's in there and chuck up a lot of shots. And 
you know, LeBron wants to take the game-winning shot, and you know they're going to rack up the points. It's different with baseball. It's harder to speculate. There's not as much narrative drive going into it. Now, Aaron Judge is the short shot. Pardon me, actually. Shohei Otani is the short shot now, 6-1 to one at Bet Rivers. Aaron Judge sits at 7-1. Mookie Betts, 8-1. to one. Vlad Guerrero Jr. is 9-1. to one. Rafael Devers, 10-1. to one. Acuna, 13, along with Goldschmidt. Trey Turner also at 13, and same with Stanton. Manny Machado, 14-1. Pete Alonso, 16-1. Byron Buxton, Jock Peterson, 18-1. Tim Anderson, 20-1. Wilson Contreras, 28-1. His brother, William Contreras, is at 33-1. to 1. Kyle Schwarber, 50-1. to 1. Just throwing that out there. Um, all right. Well, looking at the starting lineups, let me make sure I pull these up. All right. So for the American League, leading off, you got Shohei Otani as your DH. Then Aaron Judge out and right. Rafael Devers at third, batting third. First baseman Vlad Guerrero Jr. in the cleanup spot. Then Giancarlo Stanton batting fifth out and left. In center field, Byron Buxton replacing the injured Mike Trout. Seventh, Tim Anderson, short shot, uh, shortstop. Eighth, second base, Andres Jimenez from the Guardians replacing the injured Jose Altuve. Alejandro Kirk, the catcher for the Blue Jays, batting ninth. Starting pitcher Shane McClanahan. For the National League, leadoff Ronald Acuna Jr. out and right. Batting second, center fielder Mookie Betts. Batting third and playing third is Manny Machado. Cleanup, Paul Goldschmidt playing first. Shortstop, Trey Turner batting fifth. Then batting sixth, Wilson Contreras, catcher from the Cubbies. Then his brother comes seventh at DH. He's replacing the injured Bryce Harper. Batting eighth, Jock Peterson, former Cub out in left field. Batting ninth, Jeff McNeil playing second base, replacing the injured Jazz Chisholm. And starting pitcher at Dodger Stadium, current Dodger and future Hall of Famer Clayton Kershaw. Now, the past MVPs, 2021 Vlad Guerrero Jr. There's only been five players that have won the award twice. Most recently, it was Mike Trout in 2014 and 2015. 2019, Shane Bieber won it. And uh, 2018 was Alex Bregman. Managers, Dusty Baker and Brian Snicker. And yeah. That's how we're looking right now with all these lineups for the All-Star Game. Again, I get the lean toward the American League based on history. Uh, but, yeah, I guess, you know, honestly, eh, it's tough. I mean, starting lineup-wise, that first six for the National League is freaking lethal. Not saying the American League isn't, don't get me wrong. The American League's probably a little bit deeper, especially with the injuries. But if the National League didn't have the injuries, I'd probably err to the side of the National League. But the under just seems like the right move at this point, right? 12-3 and three, the last 15 All-Star games, you're getting the best of the best. And yes, you're getting the best hitters, but you know more often than not, the best pitchers are going to pan out and have more success than the hitters. Because again, baseball is incredibly hard. And you don't get as lackadaisical of a performance from both sides like you do in other All-Star games. So... Yeah, I think the pitchers are going to want to go out there and showcase. I mean, Kershaw in front of his home crowd. McClanahan still has a lot to prove. So we'll see. But I don't know if I'm going to play anything officially here. Thinking about the no run in the first, but again, the talent is that good, though, to where you could get a hanging curve or something and just send it Yabo with the shorter dimensions at Dodger Stadium. 
So, yeah, I don't know if this is something I'm running to the counter to want to bet. Let me know if you got any interest. I mean, even with the MVP, again, like, who do you think would have it set up nicely for him? Because the pitchers being a factor, like Kershaw, you think they're actually going to make him go deep? No, they took him out of a perfect game at the beginning of the year. They're not going to stretch him in an all-star game. Some of these other pitchers, I they're not even putting them out there right now. I mean, Shohei, but he's not technically going to be pitching. So, yeah, you're only getting the actual the actual position players listed. I mean, Shohei, yeah, everybody's going to want to bet Shohei, and I get maybe he would have a narrative, if anything. Trey Turner at Dodger Stadium, 13-1. Mookie Betts, 8-1. to Those could be considerations. A lot of these guys are going to get subbed out at some point. Who can get the big hit? Who's capable of doing that? Aaron Judge having a great year, MVP campaign. But yeah, I probably wouldn't back Vlad Guerrero Jr. Again, he won it last year. Tough to replicate. Nanny Machado probably doesn't give a damn. Paul Goldschmidt more focused on winning the actual MVP. Acuna, maybe. Acuna is a guy who will go all out. Um, Stanton, eh, it's hit or miss. I could see Stanton having a couple jacks, honestly, and winning it, but like he might get subbed out early. But do you look at a guy who's now, it's, you, you can't even really speculate. I'm, I'm trying to. I'm trying to get something valuable here, but I just don't think it's worth it. But Wilson Contreras, I don't think they're going to keep him in the whole game as catcher, but he's 28-1. to 1. If you think he can get a hold of one and a couple RBIs or something. But, yeah, I guess if you're stretching for one, look for the guy like a Ronald Acuna Jr. and then Dodgers players. But that's all National League. American League, man, I don't know. I just don't think there's any justification for picking one guy versus the other when it comes to the MLB All-Star Game MVP. It's tough to get a gauge on it. Because once they're out, they're out. They're not coming back in. But overall, with the game, lean toward the American League total. Lean under eight, first five under four if you get the opportunity. I wish I had more for you in that regard, but it's just the truth. It ain't happening. Who knows where it's, who knows where it's going? But yeah, the depth seems to lie with the AL side of things. But as always, let me know if you're playing anything, and I should follow at Danny Burke 5 so we're kind of getting into those slow months here, those slow days and weeks rather, but I did want to spend the next segment, being the second half of this podcast, talking about the Bears a little bit, focusing in on two big players who need to carry over, well, at least one of them, carry over the success that we saw last year, that being Darnell Mooney. But we're also going to spend some time on Justin Fields. Will Fields take that step forward? Do the odds on the props tell us that they're envisioning he'll take that step forward? Let's hit on that next. Justin Fields props, Darnell Mooney props. Where do I lean in that regard? We'll hit it as we round out a Tuesday edition of the Chicago City Cast presented by Bet Rivers. Bet Rivers has your bases covered with early week betting fun. Your baseball bet gets a little extra pop at Bet Rivers Sportsbook every Tuesday. Just log into Bet Rivers and receive a 20% profit boost on a baseball bet every single Tuesday during the entire regular season. You can use it on straight bets, player props, or a same game parlay. You decide. Log on to the Bet Rivers app or go to betrivers.com and get your 20% profit boost today. 
Not valid for any participant of the Illinois Gaming Board statewide voluntary self-exclusion program. Must be 21 years of age or older. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem, crisis counseling and referral services can be accessed by calling 1-800-GAMBLER. That's 1-800-426-2537. Okay, let's get into some football action here, folks. We've got some props to look at for our beloved Bears. Justin Fields, Darnell Mooney. Can the young guys take a bigger step forward into this 2022-2023 NFL regular season? Let's go ahead and begin with the quarterback, Mr. Justin Fields. At Bet Rivers, total passing yards prop is listed at 3,250 and a half. The over is even money. The under is the slight favorite at minus a buck 24. Now, it's kind of hard to gauge on this for many reasons, but if we're looking on it from the sample size of last year, it's tough because, well, one, he played 12 games, but he started in 10 fully, except for the Baltimore game where he was taken out before the start of the second half. Then it was Andy Dalton's turn. But despite that, he accumulated 1,870 passing yards. And you realize that that was under Matt Nagy with an awful offensive line, awful play calling, and really just having Darnell Mooney as your only receiver. Non-existent out of A-Rob. Cole Komet still hadn't emerged. It was only Darnell Mooney. Justin Fields was set up for failure right out of the gate. Can things change this year? Yes, they can. Will they? More than likely. Will it be enough to get over this prop mark? That's what we got to gauge. Again, the schedule's pretty favorable here, but we still got to wait to see. I mean, until we get like a three-game sample size, you're really not going to know fully how these secondaries are going to be, how these defenses are going to be. But again, I honestly think, you know, you're getting the better odds. People are underrating them and not thinking the schedule's as easy as I believe it is. I think I would only bet over for Justin Fields. Look, I'm not being a homer. I'm not being biased. But you guys all know how good Justin Fields can be. What the outside people don't really understand is Justin Fields, for what he had to deal with last year, which, by the way, was so much maturity, the fact he was even able to stay alive, stay healthy-ish, and get some balls out, and some of them that he did were magnificent. Like, that speaks volumes. That's what nobody is talking about, which drives me nuts. You don't realize how terrible it was under Matt Nagy unless you're a Bears fan. And even then, some Bears fans are delusional. Because they realize that it's bad under Nagy, but then they're still in love with Mitch Trubisky, which just drives me up the damn wall. But that, again, conversation, hopefully not a conversation for another time, because I've had it too many damn times. But Justin Fields is set up a lot better this year. Competent coaching is the key. He will get that with Getze. He will have an improved, reformed offensive line. He will have better play calling. He will have more talent to throw to. Danny, they didn't pick up anybody for wide receivers. They basically have nobody. Guess what? They didn't have anyone last year. They lost Allen Robinson. That's a game because he wasn't doing squat. Darnell Mooney, we hope he takes even a bigger step forward. Byron Pringle, one of the fastest guys in the National Football League. You pick up Vellis Jones Jr., could be a good guy out of the gate. Not great, but good. Serviceable. You just traded for Nkeel Harry. New setting, a lot of talent, hopefully some potential. Cole Komet, this is your year, buddy. You have to shine out. 
backfield, Herbert, little dumps, little screens. Montgomery, same thing. Bears hated doing screens last year. Maybe they implement that now. That'll pad the stats. You should think Justin Fields, hopefully in this reformed offense, can average about 200 passing yards per game. That would get you over 32, 50 and a half. I know there will be some games where he doesn't. But more often than not, that should be the expectation. And that should put him over his total passing yards prop at 3,250 and a half. And you can cash in on it, hopefully, at the price of even money. What about his total passing touchdowns? This one I'm not as bullish on. 18 and a half is the number. Over is minus 106. Under is minus 118. Now, he had just seven passing touchdowns last season to Justin Fields. While they didn't get a lot of opportunities to get into the red zone. And maybe they don't now. I mean, the, the scary thing about wanting to go over with that is, one, just knowing that you have solid running backs who can get the job done. And two, knowing that you have Justin Fields as a mobile guy himself who can get the job done. And not necessarily a big red zone threat, right? Maybe Velas Jones Jr. can be that big body red zone threat type of guy. Same with Keel Harry, but like... Mooney's a great receiver, don't get me wrong, but he's not like an Adam Thielen in the red zone. Cole Komet, you need him to be a red zone threat, but you know that's coming. So I'm not as in love with this one. I guess I would lean toward the under 18.5, but ultimately this would probably just be a stay away. But 18.5 total passing touchdowns for Justin Fields racked up seven last year. Things are going to get better. But I don't know if it'll be good enough to get over 18 and a half. All right, let's talk about the aforementioned Darnell Mooney. Was always curious to see where his props were going to be at and where everybody was kind of basing his expectations at. And at Bet Rivers, they have him for his total receiving yards at 925 and a half. Over is even money, under is minus 124. Played in every game last year and in 17 games. He racked up 1,055 receiving yards. So we got over this mark last year. Averaged about five catches on over eight targets per game. Racked up 62 receiving yards per game. Here's the thing. Darnell Mooney was forced to be the number one guy last year. That wasn't the expectation. So he had to fill into that role almost immediately. And he did. And he did it fairly smoothly. He was a great threat deep, very elusive, very athletic and agile, great receiver. You've seen him develop. I know people aren't really putting him as a top guy and saying he'll never be a number one ride receiver, and maybe you're right, but to the Bears right now, he has to still be the number one guy, which means a lot of the workload, a lot of targets, and hopefully a lot of receptions and yards. Look, him and Fields will now understand that they have to develop a better relationship. Justin Fields will presumably have more time to throw the ball. The coaching staff will presumably get him better plays that will equal success. So you could attribute me going over to recency bias, all right, but the fact that Darnell Mooney was able to get over 1,000 yards in last year's offense, and they're giving you a 925.5 for this year, how do you bet this under? The only thing I would think of a betting under is, one, that the offense just won't be is reliant on Mooney, it'll be more widespread. And two, I don't know, maybe Fields just doesn't like him as his number one target as the year progresses. And someone else develops into that role. 
But based on the odds and based on what happened this year, again, the lean would have to be to the over with Darnell Mooney. He still has to be the number one guy coming into the year. Doesn't mean he's going to, but it means he should be. We don't know if that will withstand the whole season. Total receiving touchdowns for Mooney is interesting. Over 5.5, minus 118. Under 5.5, minus 105. Mooney racked up seven total receiving touchdowns last year. Do you think he can get at least six? Again, you have more red zone threats, assuming Cole Komet steps up and Keel Harry can be one, and the big body frame of Bellis Jones Jr. could also be one. I'm sorry, like, I don't want to bet under on these. I don't want to root against them, and honestly, I just don't think they're the right play. But this will be a huge test for Darnell Mooney. It's a huge test for everybody. But Mooney set the bar. Nobody thinks he can get past that, it seems at least. I think he could definitely get over 925.5 receiving yards. I'd rather bet that than over 5.5 receiving touchdowns, but I wouldn't have a problem betting both over if I had to. But this offense will be such a question mark, right? How will it be conducted? I know I got faith in Justin Fields throwing him the ball on time and having accuracy. Justin Fields is going into this season, you would imagine, with a clear mind and a little bit more of a sense of, a sec- of, of just security, knowing he may not get murdered on every other play. You've heard some of these guys talk about it, Darnell Mooney being one of them. The way that practice is being conducted is a lot more mature, a lot more organized, and just seems like everything is better from the top down. I get the expectations are basement low and then some for the Bears. But that doesn't mean a few guys can't stand out. And Darnell Mooney could certainly be one of them. And Justin Fields, by the end of this upcoming year, barring any injury, will be saying, yeah, this guy is a good quarterback. I'm glad we drafted him. He is still the future of the Chicago Bears. People are saying, and people I've talked to, national guys I've heard talk about it, they don't know what to expect out of Fields. And I get it. I get why you think that. But they didn't watch every snap like a lot of us Bears fans did. They don't realize how terrible the play calling was from Nagy, how terrible the game plan was. I mean, that Browns game, how do you look at that Browns game and go, yeah, I'm not sure what to think about Justin Fields, uh, you know, because of his talent. No, it's because of the stupid-ass coaching staff. And it's impossible, it seems, to be that level or worse than Matt Nagy and company. It really does. So that's why I can only have high expectations for Justin Fields. It can only go up. And that's why it's tempting to look at his total passing yards prop going over. And just because he has a lot of passing yards doesn't mean that necessarily correlates to pass down or passing touchdowns. It could, but doesn't always attribute that way. So that's why I'm more inclined to do the passing yards over as opposed to the total passing touchdowns. And you know what? Same thing with Mooney with his receiving touchdowns and his total receiving yards. I think Fields will be mobile on his feet. I think they will use their running backs. There will be some consistency, but I think there will be better plays to pad those stats like the screens, like plays going downfield instead of just lateral every single time. I mean, you know what we saw. And you know how you can change it. And you know how that will correlate to padding the stats. So yeah, instead of beating the dead horse, I'll leave it at that. But that's how I'm thinking things go down in terms of those props. 
We'll talk about more as we come up later this week. We'll try to hit on some Big Ten college football action as well. I know I've been saying it, but we'll finally get there, folks, with baseball kind of slowing down a little bit right now. But, hey, doesn't mean we're lacking anything to discuss. A lot of football can be talked about and uh, will continue to be, to be quite frank with you. We're going to wrap up tonight on Rush Hour, our preview of the AFC East. Last night, we talked about the Bills and the Dolphins. The Bills, I lean over 11.5, right at 12, but I still think they're another good receiver away from having a lot of confidence in that bet. The Dolphins, their win totals at 8.5. I had them at 7 wins. 7 and 10. But the reason I'm not betting the under is because I feel like there's a chance Tua gets subbed for Teddy Bridgewater at some point. And in my opinion, with Teddy Bridgewater as your quarterback, they have a better chance of getting to 8 wins than I see with Tua. You know what you're getting with Teddy. Is the ceiling higher for Tua? Yeah, sure. But where's the consistency? With Teddy Bridgewater. Where's the reliability? With Teddy Bridgewater. Tua throwing ducks up there. At least that's what we've seen. We'll see how he comes out this year. But, you know, if I knew that Tua would probably be in at least 13 out of the 17 games, I would bet the under. And I may revisit it. But feel free to check it out. Places I listed at the beginning of the show, but the easiest way to do it, VEASAN.com or iHeartRadio. If you want to hear me in that segment, it was a final segment last night on Rush Hour. But again, tonight we'll be talking about the Patriots. Mac Jones, what can he do this season? And Zach Wilson, all his offseason drama. Is that going to affect his playing ability this upcoming year? Is it even going to matter? Probably not. But that will be discussed along with much more tonight on Rush Hour. Once again, make sure you check it out 5 to 6 p.m. Central Time. That's going to do it for another edition of the Chicago City Cast presented by Bet Rivers. Appreciate you tuning in and always appreciate if you like and subscribe to the podcast. And if you give a follow on Twitter at Danny Burke 5. Let me know what you're playing tonight and beyond. And hopefully we can cash some tickets together. Until next time, folks, best of luck with all your plays and take care.